let's get to it. You're listening to what we call not another wrestling podcast. And Sean McChesney, along with CJ Palmasano, your host for this podcast. And the reason we came up the name is because simply just, wow, you're listening to another wrestling podcast because there's about 600,000 out there. Yeah, there's just so many of them to Austin, Ed and Christian, Jericho, and Sam Roberts. There's, there's Cole Cabana. There's, there's so many. Absolutely. So we want to kind of touch base on what this project is going to look like. Obviously, we're going to cover the ins and outs of professional wrestling. You know, that not we're not insiders. We're just fans, big fans. Um, so we'll be covering everything, you know, from the WWE, from NXT, from New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling. Uh, as they start their rebuild as well, I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. Uh, we'll provide you our best insight. And, of course, we'll, you know, touch on things that we've seen, podcasts of others that we've seen. Of course, Busted Open, I'm sure we'll refer to a few times. So... We do hope you enjoy this podcast, and CG, I think, as we were saying before we started, we should start with, obviously, what we know up to this point. So, Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, I want to start with Monday Night Raw. Brock Lesnar returns this week. Well, um, kind of. C- kind of, but <laughs> I-, I do think that it provided what they needed for SummerSlam. And you could say what you want about Brock holding the title. You and I both have our opinions on that. He, I agree he should lose the belt in some capacity at SummerSlam, mm. but I do think the way they went off the air Monday was the best way to build up Roman Reigns, Brock, in three weeks, whether you like it or not. Really? What, well, how so? What do you think? Only because, and I'm not saying that Roman is going to, you know, go over in Brooklyn. He's going to get he's gonna get booed out of the building, as no, we all expect. That's for sure. But I do think, you know, and almost you kind of heard it when he was talking to Paul Heyman, saying, I'm going to make him my you-know-what. The crowd cheered. The crowd cheered that. Yeah, they, they did pop to it. Um I don't know. The, the one thing I loved from Heyman's promo was how he mentioned uh, Insanity saying the same thing over and over and right. over and over. I'm like, that's how I feel about this feud and what they're doing with this match. Because I strongly believe there's nothing that Roman Reigns as a character can do to make this feud better and make people cheer for him. Because people don't like uh, uh, dislike Roman Reigns enough that they will cheer him. I'm sorry. I think it's that no matter what they do, they're going to boo Reigns. They're yes. going to boo Lesnar. They don't hate Lesnar enough that they'll cheer Reigns. That's the point I was right. trying to make. Right. Absolutely. You're absolutely right on that. But it's it comes down there trying to make him look like the ultimate villain. You know, we all know he's going to the UFC in January when he's cleared to fight there. Yeah. And they mention it on Raw TV. You know, he's going to beat Roman at SummerSlam. Then he's going to the UFC to become the heavyweight champion. And there's nothing you could do about it. And if you notice, Brock's looking a lot smaller. He's looking a lot smaller. It looks like what I I don't know what they're doing with Heyman and Lesnar right now. If you saw how Raw went off the air with I him did. and Lesnar, I was a little confused. I was confused only because it's like I don't know if necessarily this is the plan. What WWE has going forward, they're going to split up the two. If this is something that's going to lead to SummerSlam, is Heyman going to screw Lesnar out of the belt? There's a lot of ways. They've now, done that before, um, like years ago. I think it was like him Survivor Big, Series. Oh, yeah, that was him and Big Show. I don't know if they do that again. Um, maybe that's a way of, maybe it's a way of uh, Heyman possibly sticking around, right? And Brock goes, or Heyman could go too. Uh, but... I th- well, I think Brock is definitely out. Yeah, for sure. I... At least we'd hope. We all thought he'd be gone after Mania, but and that was the biggest swerve of the year when when he won the belt back at Mania and then the next day re-signed. Uh, but there were rumors saying that that contract was only for a couple of months, and, that, and that's kind of what Until it's looking the like. Until the Rumble show. Right. So, again, obviously, 
like we mentioned, they're going to boo Roman out of the Barclays Center, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And we do like it because if we were going to be there, but we're going to take over the night before, which is much more entertaining much than SummerSlam is going to be. It costs a hell of a lot less. Absolutely. Um, and we're saving up for WrestleMania tickets, of course. Of course. So I, no matter what, he's getting booed out of the Barclays Center. We understand that. But I do think this makes him look a little better in this rivalry and also the possibility of Braun cashing in at SummerSlam yeah, is still intimate. That's definitely something I would love to see because if that's the one thing about this pay-per-view that would make me go, ah, damn, I wish I was there because I would love right. to see Braun cash in at the Barclays Center because the crowd will go nuts. It reminds me of when you and I saw Roman AJ and the whole crowd was waiting for Seth Rollins and at the very end... We, yeah. we didn't think we were going to get it, and all of a sudden, here he comes running down the ramp, and 16,000 people in the Prudential Center blew the roof off the place. I was losing my mind. I don't think I've ever lost my mind that much since maybe I saw Ziggler cash in the night after Mania 29. Right. I was going crazy because I think Rollins is arguably the best wrestler in the company. I But to me, I think AJ, that's AJ. I think AJ's like... Arguably the best in the world. I think when you split the two, the split the brands up, it's AJ and Rollins. Oh, for sure, the the two best wrestlers in the company, it's AJ and Rollins, and right. Rollins is for sure one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I don't understand why he's not in a position like that to face Brock, because a lot of people would be more excited about that. Um, but then again, maybe people would be just like, well, we just want this Roman and Lesnar thing to be over with. And maybe that's what they're doing, because again, I think it's it comes down personally. There's a couple of ways they can do this, and Braun could cash in before the bell rings, make it a triple threat. That's he, what I think. He could happen. wait for. Although I do think if he cashes in at the end on Roman, that makes him look like the heel, and I don't think they're trying to do that. No. So it would make more sense for him to cash in before the match even starts. Plus, that's more to key of Braun's character, right. where he's just like, I do whatever the hell I want, whether you like it or right. not. Right, and it also comes into the fact of you know, remember WrestleMania 31, Orton Rollins was on early. You knew immediately Rollins was cashing into the end of the night because I of that, I was at and that, that he lost. I was at that show. Uh, we did a little. WrestleMania prediction show at Montclair. Yeah. And I said that uh, I definitely think Seth is cashing in, but only if he loses to Orton. And if the match is early in the card, which yes. it was the second match. Yes. So you're you're right on that. and Which is what saved the match. Oh, absolutely. Because the, the match was garbage time, before that. At the same time, you're kind of doing the same thing with Lesnar and Reigns, only with Braun, and you're not really just... It's kind of it kind of sucks for Roman in a sense of you know they say they're gonna give him this big push and then it's kind of like pulled under the curtain from him because you know it happened with Rollins, possibly could happen with Braun, and then you know he loses to uh, Lesnar twice. It's just a kind of like you know you either you, you sh for lack of better terms you shove Reigns down a lot of the fans' throats. I don't hate Roman Reigns as a wrestler because as a wrestler, he's great. I, I can't deny he's that. He's a lot better than he was when he first became, quote-unquote, the guy. Absolutely. Yeah, because regardless, I've always liked Roman Reigns since The Shield, and I will be one of those fans right. who says that. I'm not going to say, oh, no, I never liked and, him. And realistically, no. there's good things he can do in the ring. It depends on his opponent. And arguably, you and I were there for his best match of his entire career. That, that's possibly, yeah. I, I thought his match with Styles was absolutely incredible. And even though the crowd was chanting, you can't wrestle. Right. He showed that the, night he the, could. The guy, the guy can work. He can perform. Can I, I'm not going to say he's the best wrestler in the world, but he's a great performer. No, but he's he's solid. He's great. Right. It's just how they go about booking him, which really gets on my nerves and a lot of fans' nerves. Uh, as far as what my point was is that you either have to pull the trigger on Reigns and 
give him a win over Lesnar or just not push him to be the guy right. in that abs- in that in that sense because you're this, you know, wishy-washy, oh should we shouldn't we doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the fans. Right. It hurts Reigns uh even more and it just kind of shows like you don't have faith in a guy who you say you want to be the next John Cena. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right on that because especially if he's going to be the guy that you want to push, wouldn't he have had the world title in the last two years? I think he would have been universal champion by now. Yeah, if that was I agree. I thought he was going to, you know, and, and here's the thing what would bother me about WrestleMania 34. It wasn't the fact that Reigns and Lesnar were going to main event. We knew that was coming for a year. We oh, yeah. accepted it. By, by then, we had accepted it. And really, I think... Everybody did because the crowd wasn't as hostile as they could have been that night towards both of them. Uh, it got they, to that point when were, Lesnar won were, the match. They were pretty bad that night at WrestleMania 34 because they were immediately booing them and ready to just, you know, dump a whole bunch of garbage on the match already. Right. And But I think they were ready for that also. Like I said, that yeah. was a year in the making. We were ready. I, a lot of fans, again, were just ready for Reigns uh, to win. Right. I think the biggest shock in that was the fact that Lesnar walked out the winner. No one saw that coming. That and the fact that, like, Reigns kicked out of, like, what, seven or eight Five F5s. before he got done with the six, and he was a bloody mess at the end. And I'm just like, I feel like this is the most cartoony WrestleMania match right. I've ever seen. Like, but, but then again, you know, besides Charlotte, Oscar, I guess that had to be the one now that you're looking back at it because Nakamura and Styles underperformed. I think another thing, too, is that the fact that WrestleMania is just so long. Right. But kind of getting b- back on track more. Yeah, let, let's go back to Raw. I think that um, as far as how they're trying to get Re- uh, Lesnar over as a heel, as a bad guy, uh, they're doing the right job because for the longest time since Lesnar has been Universal Champion, they say he never shows up. He comes when he wants to. He comes when the money's right. Hardly shows up. And that comes more and more of a fact when he's shown up less and less as the time has been since he's champion. Um, as I think that's good to make Lesnar a bad guy, but again, um, I don't know what they're going to do as far as getting this feud over and making the cheer reigns because I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And and really, CJ comes down to the fact too of. There was a lot of moving parts for Monday night. Was Braun going to cash in at the end of the night? Was the whole SummerSlam main event going to be turned upside down? And there was a lot of possibility for that too. But at the end of the night, F5's Kurt Angle. Does mm-hmm. Kurt Angle get involved in this storyline now? Is there, Does he play a role in SummerSlam? Does he play a role in the main event? Because the way he was speaking, it's almost like, if I have any say in it, Roman's walking out of the Barclays Center with the belt. That is an interesting point to put out if... Uh... Angle will actually get involved in the match at SummerSlam. I don't think he will. I think it's just pretty much if anybody's the Raw GM, they're kind of made to be look like a fool, like like McFoley. And right. Same with Kurt Angle. Um, which sucks because I love Kurt Angle so much. He's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Uh, I think we we got to see how this is gonna play out. But I still think that before the match happens, I think. Braun is going to cash in on Lesnar, and Lesnar will leave, even though I could be wrong because they're advertising Lesnar for the Raw after SummerSlam. Well, a lot of people are saying he's going to, you know, say, screw the WWE, screw the universe, I'm going back to the UFC, I'm say, done. Say, like, I'm qu- I quit or something. Right, it, it could be something along those lines because, again, I think it was like WrestleMania 31. The, the only real way we can end this, if you're going to put those two in the main event, is for Braun Strowman to cash in money in the bank. I think Same that's way Seth way to, Rollins did at WrestleMania 31. I think that's the only way to really save 
the match. The, the the match, the feud overall. Because like Heyman said in his promo, the definition of insanity is doing so, something something same thing over and over and over and over again expecting a different result. Yep. And this is this feud is insanity. Right. And, and you know, again, we can go back to WrestleMania thirty four and say, Well, that was gonna be the night we were gonna put this whole thing to rest. Roman was finally gonna win the world title and whatever happened after that happened, and it didn't happen. And then Brock resigns and now we're like, Okay, now what? Now he goes to SummerSlam and we're all thinking when Bobby Lashley came back, rumors are going he's gonna challenge him for the belt, and now we're getting the same thing over and over again. And CJ, I'd love to tell you that the rivalry ends at the Barclays Center, but it might not. It might it not. might not they could honestly drag this out to WrestleMania thirty five. Honestly, they could. Yep. Um, and that's another thing, Bobby Lashley, what the hell are they doing with him? Like, they gave him that win at Extreme Rules and made you think, oh, okay, a, a match between Lesnar and Lashley would be interesting at SummerSlam, but then you have this, tr- these two triple threat matches, which him and Reigns wins. If I'm Bobby Lashley, I'm like, I'm not facing Roman Reigns. Right. I just beat him, so I should be in line to face Brock Lesnar for the championship at SummerSlam. I agree with that. And, you know, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, and we talked about SummerSlam a lot, who should go on last, who should do this. And kind of let's get into that, CJ. Who really should go on last is AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Oh, absolutely they should go on last. Because and it's not like they're the two, they're the two best on SmackDown. That's absolutely true. But anybody who's a wrestling fan and, you know, doesn't just watch WWE and that's it, exactly, knows the history they have, knows the matches that those two have put on in TNA and Ring of Honor. You just go back and search up AJ Styles and Mojo because you won't find one in WWE. They never faced yet there. So you're going to find their TNA classics, their Ring of Honor classics, and you're going to say, holy crap, these two are going to tear the house down at the Barclays Center and they're still going to go on third to last. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. Um... I think AJ and Samoa Joe will have uh, an amazing match at SummerSlam. And even if they do go, like, third to last, like AJ did, or, or was it second to last at Mania 34? I'm not sure. It was third to last because okay. the, the tag team match was the filler match before the main event. Okay. Yeah, so I think even though SummerSlam's kind of long, I still think they will put on a great match that will get the crowd hyped up. Because, right. And that's also to do with, like, Nakamura being struggled a, has, and still kind of he's kind of recovering now well because uh, now he's got a belt on him so yeah but he's he's struggled to like adapt to the wwe style of wrestling uh, that's true and there's still rumors that he's not going to resign at the end of the year that he's going back to new japan where you know if he did and of course we're get, we're going to get more into this in a few minutes but if he were at that show at madison square garden on mania weekend i'm sure they would want nakamura there i'm sure they would want him in the main event possibly um but as far as AJ and Samoa Joe goes, uh, I mentioned this to you off mic, that I feel like as great as matches AJ Styles has had, and arguably he has the best match on every pay-per-view, especially that first uh, year he was here in the WWE, he hasn't really had a match with somebody who has been like a really like a close friend or a best friend right. that can tear the house down. Now, he had great matches with Cena. But he doesn't have a history with He's Cena. He's had a few good ones with Kevin Owens. Yeah, he, but he, he didn't have a history with Cena. And he might have right. had a, a better history with Owens knowing him. But like you said, Joe and AJ have had so many matches over the years that these two know each other so well right. that I think AJ Styles and Samoa Joe uh, possibly could have uh, like you know, be the best friend dynamic as far as great matches go. Like look at Triple H and Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Punk and Brian, uh, Rollins and Ambrose. Now Ciampa and Gargano, and I think you can add Samoa Joe and AJ Styles yeah. to that. 
And it's one thing, too, and, you know, we mentioned their history. That needs to come in on WWE television. They need to start bringing up the past. They need to start bringing up their past matches. You know, you and I have a history. They need to start hyping us up because I'm pretty sure you had the same reaction when Samoa Joe attacked AJ Styles. We were like, well, it's about time. Only took two years to finally do this. Everybody was pretty much speculating that it was going to be Joe because there's really nobody else. There's no one really left on the roster. And and I'm not saying that AJ shouldn't have the championship until Mania. I don't think that's going to happen. I personally think even though they've gone with the storyline early, it's still going to be Miz Bryan for the title at MetLife. Yeah. Um, because that's going to be finally, because personally we want, we want to get on that real quick. I'm not necessarily a fan of them bringing the storyline in now. I understand it's probably because they couldn't wait any longer. I get that. I think it also has to do with the fact that Daniel Bryan has still yet to resign his contract. Yes, but obviously I think he's going to, and if that's the case and they're doing this now, Miz has to go over first. Oh, for sure, and I caught um, a part of that promo with Miz saying he's like, just let your contract expire, go away, nobody cares about Daniel Bryan anymore. Right. Um, And I think that's really smart. I, if... I was, you know, booking this story, I would make it seem like Daniel Bryan really is leaving and he's not coming back. I would actually write Daniel Bryan off of TV, like, like keep any news on Bryan's contract super, super tight. Let only Bryan, Vince, and maybe Triple H know about his contract. Do not say anything to anybody. Don't let anything get into the dirt sheets or Meltzer or anything because... When, and just have Miz just constantly just rag on Daniel Bryan. You know what? Months. You know what I think they should do. And you bring up a good point with that when he mentions the contract and go away and all that stuff. The, obviously, the Daniel Bryan comeback story is great, but his not that his character is getting stale, but almost like there's nothing really there for him right They're now. Not really. They and haven't. You really can given tell. You could tell with the crowd reactions and all. And obviously, it's still like a big pop, but like. It's, it wasn't really as expected. So I think bringing this in now will give him some hype. I do Something agree with you. I think at some point you do write Daniel Bryan off TV almost like he is leaving. You want to know when he comes back? When he wins the Royal Rumble. I think that's perfect. Um... Come in at number 30. Place goes absolutely nuts. And you remember right now, the Royal Rumble is being held at Chase Field in Phoenix. That's going to be probably seventy to 75,000 people inside. That's a big place. It is. Right? What better way for Daniel Bryan to come back and continue this storyline when he wins the Royal Rumble with the Miz at ringside as the champion? That's that's a good point. Um, obviously, that's where this story has to end with Miz as champion and Bryan beating right. him for the title. Um, really make, again, make it seem like Bryan is leaving. Yep. Maybe ha- have him work like, like, like a couple of indie shows. Like... Really make it believe, like, because they could have done this with Punk back in the day, but they didn't. Like, have him show up at a Ring of Honor show. Yeah, they, they could have done that with Punk for those couple weeks that he was off in July of 2011 when they when Cena and Punk had the five-star match, the last one in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, well, WWE, actually, well, live, I mean, like the actual like, as, main as roster. As main roster. As far as one-on-one on the main roster, yes. Yeah. I mean, NXT does it weekly, so, <laughs> or at least they should. They've gotten um, three in this year alone. Right, and we'll get to NXT soon, but, you know, you know, just kind of going off Miz and Brian, I agree now that you say that, it might be better to have them written off TV. I don't know necessarily if Vince would go for the idea of him working indie shows for a couple of months. I don't know. Well, it doesn't have to be like a regular thing. Like, Brian can be like a special attraction and just have him show up at like Hammerstein and just have work a cup. Just just very few. 
and then well, make it seem like the fans think he's really gone from WWE. Here, here's what I think they should do, and I and I see where you're going with this because the Hardys did this last year when they had those obligations before re-signing with WWE. I was so mad at myself. I was supposed to go to that show, and Vince let them go to that show and wherever it was, and it was in like some high school gym that he wouldn't allow them to compete, but he allowed them to show up. Yeah, maybe that is something that he allows Daniel Bryan to do. It was actually the Hammerstein Ballroom, but against the Young Bucks, but. <laughs> but yeah, well, no, I'm was... talking about after WrestleMania. They had obligations. Oh that yeah, they yeah had that's, that's right, that's right. They, like came, Vin, they Vin, came in with the tag title belts. Right, Vince wouldn't let him compete, but he said you could show up with the belts, you can say your hellos and whatever, but you do not compete. That's the only thing. And they said fine. So maybe that's something that Daniel Bryan is able to do. Goes to Hammerstein, right? Maybe goes to an Impact Wrestling taping and says, you know, I'm looking for options. You know, I'm here to be me. And then all of a sudden, at number 30 at Chase Field, the yes chants start going crazy. Comes down to the ring, beats everybody, wins the Royal Rumble, and then you set up Miz Bryan for the championship. I agree with you. That's where this has to end, and it has to end with the championship. Where for does sure. that put AJ at Mania? You could put AJ anywhere. Just You can put AJ with anybody, and he will make the match incredible. Right. You could do him and Shinsuke again. I don't necessarily know if that would be good, but include the U.S. title. I'm okay with that. What if he did AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy at WrestleMania next yeah, year? Yeah, you could do that. That's I a also, match that we haven't seen in WWE. There was also rumors that AJ's calling out The Undertaker for Mania. I'd be totally okay with that. I think if there's anybody who'd get a one last great match out of Taker, it's AJ. Yeah. I still am under the impression that it's going to be Cena Undertaker in the career versus career match. We'll see. Because we'll the reason I say that, and I'm not meaning to get off topic, and we'll get to what we have to in a second. You remember the Shawn Michaels Undertaker story, right? WrestleMania 25 should have been the main event. Um, and yeah. all of a sudden, Shawn Michaels becomes obsessed and paranoid. He said he wants the Undertaker, or he's leaving, all this stuff. He finally gets some career versus the streak. John Cena got, you know, and they could bring this in. It was a squash match. He got his ass kicked like in two, two and a half minutes. Yeah, two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. Undertaker's entrance was longer than the match. <laughs> yeah, it I, was. And they had the match planned out for months, and I understand they were playing, and I understand that a lot of the reason they didn't promote it is because he could still back out. Health issues could get in the way. That's why they never promoted it. Also that the Mania card for 34 was so stacked, you didn't need to announce Cena. Right, you didn't, you didn't need it, and they didn't announce it for the fear of if Undertaker has to back out, we have nothing with this so let's keep it under wraps we were gonna have him show up squash cena and get out and originally i was like all right maybe it's the health but him and rusev went at it for 15 minutes in a casket match three weeks later undertaker can go a little longer so i do think there is a chance they could set that up for wrestlemania that's true um, Cena obsesses over it, becomes a heel for not a heel, but he has a heel like persona for a couple acts months. Heelish, heelish, kind of like Shawn Michaels with the Undertaker. Because Cena did act more of a heel in Philly at the Royal Rumble, if you remember, with him and Reigns and yep. Nakamura, the last three in the match. Uh, Cena was wrestling like a heel, right? And I, I sometimes I think that's when his best work comes out. Oh, for sure. Like when he's calling out The Undertaker, when he beat Kane in the tables match two weeks before Mania, all that stuff. But that's just something on mine. So let's kind of move away from WWE for a second. Let's go to Ring of Honor. You and I have been itching to talk about this. Yes. Ring of Honor and New Japan are going to have a show in Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania weekend, New York City. Same night as TakeOver Brooklyn. Ten five. miles away from probably the last TakeOver Brooklyn. Possibly. Possibly, because I think the contract for SummerSlam expires this year. So unless they resign, April will probably be the last one for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I give them a lot of props. It shows how much balls, guts, and how much they believe in their talent. And I think they should. 
And I think if you're Ring of Honor, and, and obviously it's been weeks, so we really can't get in the depths of like how we really feel, but let's kind of talk about what this does to NXT. And this will lead into our NXT conversation. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor and New Japan are in control here. This has never happened before where no one but the WWE has been in Madison Square Garden. It's going to happen in six months. I heard something a while ago. I think WCW ran like a show in like the theater area, but you're right. Yes. No other wrestling company has put on an actual like in the main NXT hasn't even been in the garden yet we're waiting for that that was something that could have happened they've been in the theater they've never been in the actual arena and I remember seeing the news and I'm like well it's probably the theater and then they said Madison Square Garden I'm like holy crap I'm like this is actually for real it's gonna happen and now they bring New Japan into it they're combining the show that makes it even better I think if it was any other weekend any day of the week this might not work but the fact that it's the it's night mania before, weekend it's mania weekend and there's wrestling shows going all over the place and there's people from all over the world coming to see WrestleMania it very well could happen but at the same time you have two shows to pick from in one night. That could also hurt them. Now, I think the Garden's going to sell out quick. I do. But there's I mean, look that... at all in. It sold out under right. 30 minutes. But there's also nothing going on in Chicago that weekend. There's a chance that people are going to be like, well, we came in for WrestleMania weekend. We've had takeover tickets for a while, this and that. And obviously, they're getting ahead of the game. The tickets go on sale next month. The show wasn't until April. Mm-hmm. right? I don't even think Mania tickets go on sale until like November. So that's when they went on sale for Mania 29. Right, October, November, something like that. So that's something that they have to think about as, okay, we're playing with a risk here because we believe in our guys. We know we're going to put on the best show possible, but there are people out there saying we are not going to sell out Madison Square Garden that weekend. I mean, New Japan has just been trying and doing very well getting into uh, U.S. soil as far as a global wrestling promotion. It's getting a lot better. And this event's what? G1 Supercard, they're calling it? G1 Supercard. Which is a combination of both brands, like big pay-per-view names. They usually do, like, at least as far as I've been watching or paying attention to Ring of Honor New Japan, they they have had the Supercard of Honor show, which is where they combine the New Japan and Ring of Honor rosters. And they've usually had a show the night before WrestleMania, same night as NXT TakeOver the right. past number of years. But I remember, And they usually do that, and last year I believe was the first time they were both in the same city. Yes, I believe so. Well, maybe New uh Well, New Orleans, yes, last year. The year before it was in Florida, I believe. It no, was, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was, it was Orlando. Um, I think they had an NXT TakeOver Orlando, and they also had I don't think, a Supercard of Honor in Orlando, or, or at least I, in the same I th- state. No, they were in Michigan, because the Hardys, I think, had to fly in, but that that's another topic. But yeah, you're, you're right. They recently started doing that, and now they're going to do this for real now. Like, even with them having the same night as TakeOver and Night Before Mania, they were still in smaller venues. They're going to be in Madison Square Garden. 12 miles away from the biggest NXT show of the year, the night before the biggest show of the year. I think that Ring of Honor and New Japan have seen what Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks have done as far as like, wow, okay, so there are people out there who want to see this. Granted, you have to pick the right time and the right place. Chicago was kind of a no-brainer for these guys because they know it's probably the most hardcore wrestling city in the world. Right. And you talk about pro wrestling. Pro Wrestling Tees, the, the headquarters, the store, is in Chicago. Yep. So the Sears Arena, like it was a no-brainer, that, and it was a smart move by them to have them do all in in that uh, in that area. Right. 
And it's um, getting a lot of mainstream attention. Of course, you know, I'm a big fan of Busted Open on Sirius XM. They're mm -hmm. going to be there that weekend doing That's the show cool. there. Um, so this, you're right, this is getting a lot of mainstream attention from a lot of hardcore wrestling fans. So now, Ring of Honor and New Japan, it was very smart to combine the two on this deal because I personally don't know if they would have got it done without each other. Um, yes. I, I think combining the show was a big deal because it's not Ring of Honor bringing in New Japan or vice versa. It's a combined show. It's both of them. Mm -hmm. And they're both making history. This is the first time ever anybody from WWE outside of WWE is going to host a show in Madison Square Garden. And we've seen, you know, WCW sell out the Georgia Dome, right? We, we've yeah. seen them do all that. But it's not the Garden. It's not Madison Square Garden. And yet you could say, well, they've been at football stadiums before. It's Madison Square Garden. No, no other wrestling promotion has ever been here. You talk about there have been interviews of AJ Styles at a live event because Madison Square Garden live events get so much more attraction now because mm -hmm. it is New York City. And, you know, even though they're live events, they're not televised, it's still some of these guys who have wrestled for and are household names, if you're a fan of pro wrestling, they've never wrestled in Madison Square Garden. So recently, that was the thing. recently AJ Styles a couple years ago did it the first time. Samoa Joe. Nakamura. Uh, Nakamura for the first time. All these guys, it, it, they've never been there before. The, the one thing in their entire career was they wanted to wrestle in Madison Square Garden, and they finally... And in, in you can kind of say this with AJ, the, almost the twilight of his career, because he's going on 40 now. I think he, he is 40. He, he, he's get, he's, he is or he's getting there. I don't know. But either way, he finally got to wrestle in the garden. There's nothing left for him to do. And he's been the WWE champion twice. Really, the only nothing thing left for him, for him to him, do. The only thing left for him to do is to main event at WrestleMania. But and or win the Royal Rumble. True. But that's the stigma of Madison Square Garden is that you could not work there unless you worked for the WWE. That is not the case anymore. Yep. Guys like the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega... Uh, Kazuchika Okada, uh, Naito, all these guys, uh, Will Ospreay, these guys have the potential, well not the potential, they will wrestle in Madison right. Square Garden, but guys like Okada and Omega can main event the Garden. I and, think they should too, and from, the, from the recent match they if, just had. If I'm Gato, guy booking New Japan, uh, that's the match that I want to put in the main event, because you have... Two guys who... As you, want, as, you don't want David Arquette walking out with a belt? <laughs> as, as far as um, arguably the best pro wrestling series, as far as Dave Meltzer says, I think it's one of the best. I follow these guys. Like uh, The last match they put on the two out of three falls of Dominion, that is one of the best matches I've ever seen. It was absolutely incredible what these guys are doing. And if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, if you're going to be in the area, if you live in the area... You're going to be really hard pressed as to which show you want to go to, and you know, kind of like the two people on the mic right now. We don't know. Are we going to go to NXT? Or are we going to go to Ring of Honor? I don't know yet. That's very. That's very we got true. about a month to figure that out. Yeah. Because and and that kind of leads into the discussion that I want to get into in a few minutes, and we will about Takeover Brooklyn and, mm. and how they're going to book that uh, Brooklyn four and five. We are going to four. Don't know about five yet. Um, but oh, you're, that's you're what happens. But you're right. You know, this is this is a big deal. This is and and I tweeted this the day it happened. New Japan and Ring of Honor have changed the business forever with this. And That's these game, are it is game changing. And these Absolutely. are guys and and obviously um Wrestle Kingdom hasn't done too well over the recent years. They did very well this year, but they were still only getting about, you know, 65,000 people. They were bringing people into the Tokyo Dome but that's just it, you know. They can. I think that um, as like Okada and Omega did put a lot of eyes onto the product because right. I will fully admit I was aware of New Japan. I didn't watch too much, but after I saw their first match, Wrestle Kingdom Eleven, I followed more and more. Right. And 
and as and the guy who really brought more eyes to the product was for sure Chris Chris Jericho because that's really when I started paying attention and I was aware of it kind of like you you know with AJ Styles being kicked out of the Bullet Club that's when I really first kind of started paying attention same when Jericho showed up on TV at New Japan and said I want you in the Tokyo Dome for the IWGP US title that's what not only sold more tickets that's what had people in America up at 4 o'clock in the morning to see the match live. Not me. I waited because I knew it would be on YouTube <laughs> in five minutes. Uh, so I woke up the next morning. I ate breakfast. I took a shower. And then I watched it like a normal human being. Um, but you're right. Chris Jericho, arguably, and this has a lot to do with the crews as well. And, you know, Ring of Honor, New Japan guys are going to be there in October. And Impact guys, too. And Impact guys, too. And there's a chance that he could go there as well. There are chances. And I'm not saying his WWE career is over, but it's most definitely on hold. No, for, for right sure. Now. I mean, Jericho, he's gotten a taste of what it's Especially like. Especially because he's, he, he's still the Intercontinental Champion, I'm sure, right? Yes, he is. Okay. He hasn't shown up in New Japan since Dominion when he beat Naito. I think that Jericho is really enjoying what he's doing outside of WWE. This is the best heelish Chris Jericho we've ever seen. Best ever. I think so. A lot of people thought, like, you know, his last run with, uh, with the list, and people say, like, you know, the maniacal talking suit wearing Chris right. Jericho with his feud with Shawn Michaels... The guy is incredible that he keeps elevating himself and keeping himself more relevant. And that's than why ever. The, and that's why the year he retires officially, he's in the Hall of Fame first ballot next year headlining oh, it. Absolutely. Because you're right. Every single time there's a character change, he elevates himself. Whether it's the suit wearing or, you know, it's the list. And you know, you could say what you want about the heel he was during the punk storyline. It wasn't his best, but it worked with the it was still good. with his father with bringing up his father and his sister's past, right? That's stuff that in 2012 PG you never saw. No. You were like, you're bringing up drug issues from his and parents alcohol, and, and his sister issues. and alcohol. You don't bring that up when little kids are watching. This is amazing. And then the list, of course. But now in New Japan, you know, that's a place where you can really go out and do whatever you want. And you're seeing now what Chris Jericho can really do oh, when yeah. he's, he's, he's when there's his, no limits. He has said in his podcast in, in episodes whether he was talking like about it himself. Uh, there was an episode where he was talking with Gals and Anderson and Kurt Hawkins. Uh, the, the day of Raw 25 and he was saying how like didn't have to have anything approved and that was really uh, really great feeling again I think Jericho's soaking everything up I don't think he has any rush to go back into WWE he shouldn't because and he should be at the Ring of Honor show in the garden that, that was just, I was just going to bring that up the thing is if he's still the champion by that time so I feel you, like he has to show up. He has to, but do you think if he's not, he should he shouldn't be there or I think he may not be there as far as like as far as respect goes for Vince McMahon because he still has respect because he made the deal with New Japan, but he still has somewhat of a loyalty and a respect for for Vince. So you think if Vince says and this is a good possibility, I need you at Mania because it's the same weekend. We know that's the card he can pull. Do you think he goes to WWE, drops the belt before then, or do you think he's at the show in the Garden? I don't think if maybe he will not... I, I'm not sure if he'll show up in Mania next year, but I do have a feeling where maybe Vince might give him a call and say, hey, for me, don't do this show. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, th I think there's a lot of ways Vince could spin it. It could be something like, I need you to work something at Mania. It could, or it could simply be, hey, for me, please don't do this Ring of Honor show. And I don't think anybody in the WWE is necessarily scared of Ring of Honor New Japan. They shouldn't because the minute that they are, they're going to plummet. 
So, but I do think there is that they they should definitely be thinking about all right, what are they going to do to try to top us that weekend? Because it's the biggest NXT takeover of the year versus possibly the wrestling show that will change the business for the rest of eternity. Absolutely, it's already changed everything just with the announcement. Um, right, because like part one was booking it. Part two, you have to sell it out. The thing is, the takeover card of that weekend and this show at Madison Square Garden. They have to feel like, both shows have to feel like you cannot miss them. Yep. And the, the fact of the matter is, you're going to have to if, you know. You know you got to miss around. one or, I mean, or watch people, both of them. At least, I mean, obviously people can watch both of them the night after, depending on whether or not you go to which show. Because just this past takeover, I was just like, you know what? Um, I was really invested in the Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes uh, storyline and Ciampa Gargano. But I'm just like, you know what? I can watch the Cody Kenny match the next day on YouTube. And, and I, this I was I really want to watch Gargano and Champa. And that was the first one, right? This the was, first Gargano this, Champa. This was this past. Why don't uh, we Why don't we now. get into that? Let's talk NXT. We'll wrap up with that because there's a lot yeah. to talk about with NXT. Uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock, and the taping has come out, Tommaso Champa is the NXT champion, as you and I both said had to happen. Absolutely. I, while I'm surprised it happened as early as it did, I think this takes out. And I've talked to you about this too. We're going to be in Brooklyn in three weeks watching this takeover. I, I think when Champ, I think what happened with him winning the belt on NXT programming, this now takes away the huge pop he would have gotten the Barclays Center for winning it there. Because I don't know about a pop, but people would probably be pretty like disgusted. But well, it depends how because put it this way, well, and people he, legitimately don't like him, right? It, but also guys like us know he's got to be the champion. So guys like yeah. us in the Barclays Center would have been going crazy for about two and a half minutes and then booing him. But there still yeah. would have been that giant pop that Triple H has to try to avoid because he is the most heat in the entire world. He's the biggest heel in pro I wrestling. I think he is the best heel in pro. I agree with you. The best pro uh, pro wrestling heel right now. I was saying a while ago. I've said for a while that I think it's him and Miz and Cody. But Cody kind of Cody kind of turned babyface. Miz is still good, but there are a lot of people who still like him. But Miz has to. Ele- Miz and Brian have to elevate. Yeah, but Champa is the best heel from in social pro media, from his antics in the ring. Everything about him just screams, "I don't like you." Exactly. So I think with not only him winning the belt, but how he won the belt with Johnny getting involved is like the biggest slap in the face to Johnny. Going, "I win. I beat you in the street fight. Now mm-hmm. I'm the champion. What are you going to do about it?" So I think, which is the perfect way to set the triple threat, which hasn't been announced, but it will probably be announced tonight when the taping happens. Possibly, yes. Um, but it's already officially been announced, but the taping will probably air either tonight or next week. Yeah. Um, not necessarily sure when. But what I was saying is now when Champa does win in Brooklyn by pinning Johnny, he's going to get booed immediately. Because Gargano so will probably have Black Down for the win. The place will be going crazy, and either Champa's going to hit his finisher on Johnny or throw him out of the ring and pin Alistair, and the place is going to rain on him. I think so, too. It, it kind of sucks for Alistair Black. Because he was the champion at a time where this is arguably the hottest right. dude in pro wrestling. But you and I have talked about Aleister Black, and we could bring that up too. He doesn't need to be the champion right now. He could be on NXT for the next two years. I think so too. I think that, you know, let this Gargano Ciampa story play out. And after, uh, you know, at some point, Aleister Black can be the champion again, and you can still mold NXT around this guy like you did with Finn Balor. Right. Um, it's just the story with Gargano and Champa has been so great. That it's been so personal. That, it's yeah. been interesting. Um, and, and I also feel like they don't want to make 
Black feel like an afterthought. Like they yeah. don't want to make this guy feel like okay, he's still not. They don't want to make whoever the champion is feel like an afterthought. I think by the takeover SummerSlam next year, Black will have the belt back. That's what I think. But let's kind of go into that because we have to get to that point. So let's kind of talk about, and you have your opinions, I have mine. Here's how I think the rest of the rivalry is going to play out. We have the triple threat in Brooklyn, right? So obviously it's already been confirmed it's going to happen, and obviously the tapings will come out. Now, I never expected Champa to win the first match. I told you that it was probably going to be a disqualification. They would announce the triple threat. Champa would win the belt at the Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. Now, thinking about it, I think they, they did the best thing for them to avoid what would have been from guys like us, the place going crazy when he won the belt. It's also a nice thing for Full Sail because they are the— They haven't had that in a while. They haven't had, like, a big moment. I mean, I guess you could say that, like, the Undisputed Era winning the tag titles. They've been getting, like, things like that because I feel like they're kind of disrespecting the fact where— you know, this is where all this stuff happened. This is how right. NXT got so big, the, and they're the, kind of giving back to them. The last time the NXT Championship changed at Full Sail, I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Owens against Sami Zayn. Because when Finn Balor won, Possibly, it was in yes. Japan. Yeah. So, so here's how I think we go. We have the triple threat. At one point in the match, Gargano's going to have Black down for the win. Mm-hmm. And Gargano is either going to hit, or I'm sorry, Champa's going to hit his finisher on Gargano and pin him there, or he's going to throw Johnny out of the ring. He's going to pin Alistair, and Gargano just bit, not, I mean, not barely, but he just misses breaking up the pin. Match is over, right? You think Champa's going to pin Black? I personally think Champa's going to pin Gargano, but okay. I also see the, I also see what could happen of him just throwing Johnny out of the ring, and then the look on Johnny's face afterwards, going, "I failed," and which leads us into the following NXT. Gargano's like almost like I have nothing left. Almost like he retires because you remember his promo a few weeks ago where he's like the good guy Johnny's gone sort of thing. Yeah. After he lost the street fight, I think that's gonna get worse, and I think he's gonna leave. Right? I think they're gonna. I think the best thing to do going forward is get Gargano off TV after Brooklyn. Now you can intensify the Champa Black storyline, where they'll meet in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. for the belt, and actually. I think Aleister Black wins the belt back in Los Angeles. Really? I think he wins the belt back, and I think it intensifies the rivalry even more. Champa gets pissed off. He's like, I want my belt back. Uh, makes Aleister Black's life a living hell. Almost kind of like what um, what Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura did, where you weren't really expecting Joe to win the belt back, and he did. Okay. Right? So it's almost like that surprise factor sort of thing. Right? Sets up NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Right? Or Arizona Phoenix, whatever they're going to call it. I think it's TakeOver Phoenix. That would probably make more sense. Um, Sounds better. Champ um, wins in the main event. And now here's where it gets kind of like where it kind of starts getting the chills a little bit. He's on the ramp, gloating the fans, and out from behind him comes Johnny with the crutch. And you remember in TakeOver Philadelphia the year before, that's where Champa came back and how he came back when Gargano was disappointed on the ramp, just lost the NXT Championship match, mm. and he got cracked in the back of the head. That... Put it this way, you're in the crowd that night and you see that happen. Don't you dare tell me you won't be going insane. Oh, I would. Because what happens next? Cracks him in the back of the head, stands over him almost as like the heelish guy, but he's like, I'm back, I'm ready, and I'm taking it from you, which sets up the finale of Gargano versus Champa, loser leaves NXT, hell in a cell. I don't know if they do hell in a cell. The, the feud definitely would be great inside Hell in a Cell. It'd this is why I think ever. they need to do it, because th- we saw the unsanctioned match, the street fight. They can never wrestle in another n- another match with disqualifications again. They that's, can't do that's it. That's very true. So you've had the first ever ladder match. You've had the first ever steel cage, the Iron Woman match, um, War Games, which is also, or I'm not sorry, TakeOver Los Angeles, TakeOver War Games 2. 
Uh, that has been confirmed. Uh, so they're going to do War Games again. They they brought War Games back for the first time in 20 years. NXT did that. Hmm. Elevate the rivalry even more with the first ever Hell in a Cell match. You're in a big enough venue to do it, yes. right? So it's not like you have to worry about it in full sale. You're in the Barclays Center. It can be done. Um, these two would absolutely tear the house down. And if you're Triple H and you're thinking about the show 10 miles away with Ring of Honor, I think that's how you have a guaranteed sell at the Barclays Center. I agree. As far as if you want to compete with uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor, you definitely have to have Gargano and Ciampa in the main event. Right. And I should also mention Gargano walks out with the championship. Yeah, for Cause sure. Because that has to happen. Because then Ciampa will get called up. Gargano will probably be another six months behind him. Mm -hmm. Because Gargano is ready. He just needs one run with the NXT championship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He'll get that run. He'll lose it by SummerSlam. He'll be on the main roster the Monday or Tuesday after SummerSlam. Um, so, yeah, I um, I kind of agree with what you're saying in certain places. Um, yeah, fill, I, fill in the blanks of where you think it should be different. Okay. I think that Gargano should definitely be pinned by Ciampa, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, I think that – I don't think Aleister Black would win the championship back from Ciampa. That's just what I think. I right. think Ciampa should just kind of go on a tear. <clears throat> excuse me, as champion. Do you think that they should have two matches though, Los Angeles and Phoenix? Or do you think it should be somebody else in Phoenix? I think it should be somebody else in Phoenix because there's enough gap between takeovers where you don't need to do the same guys at every takeover. Right. Um, so I think someone like uh, Ricochet would be great opponent for Ciampa. Depending what they want to do with him and Adam Cole, which they're feuding for the North American title. But depending on that, you know, put someone like Ricochet in that mix or you could or you could put Adam Cole in there. I don't know. He's kind of a I mean, he the, the fans love him, even though he's a heel. The fans um, love him, but, but I think I'm more he's, towards Ricochet. I think really. And I agree with you on that. I think Adam Cole and Champa would be good. It's just a matter of. Champa would almost have to up his game as a heel to look, make Adam Cole look like a face, and I don't think they want to do that. Probably not. It, it, my meaning, Adam Cole looking like a face. If you tell Tommaso Champa he can't be any more heel than he already is, he's going to prove you wrong. I promise you that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, have him go. Uh, I think Ricochet would be the right guy. Maybe him or Velveteen Dream, EC3, Pete Dunne. Just... As far as guys who I think he should face in Phoenix, I think it should be Ricochet. I think there should be like a really big standout match for Ricochet. Because I think before he goes to Maine, he will for sure be NXT champion. Mm -hmm. um, you know, similar to what you said, Ciampa beats his opponent, whether it be Black or Ricochet in Phoenix. Uh, and Gargano comes out with a crutch and whacks him in the back. Just like Shades of a year ago a year prior in Philadelphia, and he's holding the championship up. Right. Roof uh, will be blown off the place. You could have the worst NXT TakeOver card, and everyone will come out saying, that was freaking amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do agree with you that I think he should be written off TV in some in some way or another. I don't know if NXT will do that, because um, I mentioned to you off mic that he's been facing Lars Sullivan, because I feel like they also feel like Johnny is as a big star to the brand that they don't want to not use him. But at the same time, it would make the story so much better if he wasn't there. Right, because it, at the same time... And Tommaso Ciampa just shoves that down the fans' throats and says, he's not here. Right. Because he doesn't I, have what it takes anymore. Because I think if you write him off TV, there's a, a better way you could do that. Because 
if he is in another storyline, you're not going to keep these two apart for six months. It can't happen that way. I know. Especially with how personal it's gotten. For example, I always bring, if this were real, like remember the Bash at the Beach thing, if this were real, brother. Um, <laughs> but you sometimes have to think like that. If this were real and Champa's shoving that down the fans' throats with Gargano in the building, they come out and beat the crap out of each other every single night. That's another thing is that it, even if they are using Gargano for something else while Champa's the champion, everyone's going to be saying like, well, why isn't he going after Champa? Why isn't right. he going after Champa? I think to make this as real as possible, Gargano has to leave and come back in January after Brooklyn. And that's not too long of a time that right. he'll be off TV. Or it could be one of those things, too, where the, the taping after Brooklyn, Champa just takes him out and he's out of action. It, that could be a realistic option, too. Possibly. Then he comes back for redemption in January. It could be something where he's like, I don't have it anymore. Or he just gets the crap kicked out of him, and then he leaves in a stretcher, and doesn't. we don't see him again for six months. You but just I, him off TV. Right, because if if he's in another rivalry, you're going to hear, we want Champa or we want Gargano in every single one of their matches. Johnny Wrestling chance. Johnny everywhere. Wrestling, F.U. Champa in every single one of the other guys' matches until they finally come back in January to face each other. I think so, uh, because... Again, if Triple H wants to make this takeover possibly better than last year's takeover, this past year's takeover in New Orleans, which is you know being regarded as one of, if not maybe the best takeover they've ever been right. on, they really have to stack the card uh, against the New Japan Ring of Honor show. Maybe what they should do is uh, a ladder match with Candice LeRae at the top. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not. I. That's another thing. I also think on the same night that Gargano wins the NXT Championship, I think Candice LeRae will also win the NXT Women's Championship. Really? Yes. It would be a really nice moment for, you know, two of the best baby faces in wrestling. I'm Not only am I just a big Johnny Gargano fan, but I'm a, I'm a big Candice LeRae fan. Right. Uh, I think she is the perfect foil, for perfect baby face to take down Shayna Baszler because even though she's facing Kyrie saying Shayna at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn 4, she keeps messing with Candice LeRae. I, I've been watching NXT the past few weeks. You know, she keeps saying, like, Candice should just stay home and be a good wife, worrying about her little husband right. of hers. And she, Candice was, started a fight with Shayna in the back parking lot or something. And I thought, oh, for sure, I think Candice is going to face, uh, is going to face Shayna. At Brooklyn 4, Brooklyn and then it didn't 4. happen. I didn't think she was going to take the title off of her. Right. But I, but I was like, oh, maybe they're going to go with Kyrie Sane to be the one to take it off of her. After I saw that Kyrie won the triple threat, I'm like, it's Candice. Candice is going to be the one to take that title off of Shayna. At some point, yes. It's not going to happen right away, but I could see at Brooklyn 5. But sticking with Tommaso and Johnny, at that point, and again, you know, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but if you're Triple H, you have to be thinking in the back of your head. Yeah. Our toughest competition ever is right across the river. In the world's most famous arena, how am I going to make my show more interesting, more entertaining, and want more eyes how on our somebody, product? How am I going to get someone to buy a ticket to the show? I think the best way is to do Hell in a Cell. Everyone will be watching. You know, because I agree again, with you. you I wasn't you know, sure what time match type to put them in because I agree that you It can't can, be a regular match. No, it cannot. So Hell in a Cell could work. A ladder match could work. Uh, TLC. Who knows? Yeah. Like some kind of... Uh, hard. I don't want to say hardcore, but some kind of like weapon stipulation. Right. I would say street fight, but we already saw it. And we Un saw the unsanctioned match. Yeah, and it was basically the same thing. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, they can't, and again, you know, and, and the same thing coming up. It's a triple threat, it's no disqualification. They can do whatever they want to each other. Yes. Um, they cannot wrestle in a regular match again. As good as it would be, mm -hmm. this storyline is now above that. They, can, they no longer yeah. can be regular wrestlers with each other. They have to fight. 
Oh yeah, for sure. It has to feel like a, a fight. It has to feel like because the fans legitimately lo- legitimately love Johnny Gargano right. and they legitimately hate Tommaso Ciampa. Right. So I think when you put them and I'm only thinking like how can you elevate it more because when you think about it, Iron Woman match everyone was watching. War Games 1, everybody was watching. I'm pretty sure everyone only tuned in for the main event, right? Um obviously Kevin Owens Finn Balor wasn't the first ladder mm-hmm. match, but it was the first NXT event outside Full Sail. Everyone was watching. Triple H finds new ways every single takeover to elevate the brand. What better way than the first ever Hell in a Cell to finally put this rivalry to rest? But let me ask you this. Do you think this quite possibly could be the best feud NXT has ever seen? Yes. I think it already is. I think it is too. I think I, I think before the first fight that they had, it. I actually, I'm not saying that I thought this was going to be the best feud after TakeOver Chicago when Tommaso turned heel, but it almost felt that way when mm. he attacked him and he put him out. And it was almost it was almost like a downer that Tommaso actually got hurt for real and they had to put the rivalry on hold. But it's kind of a blessing in disguise. It was a blessing in disguise because of what they did with it, right? You know, he cost Johnny his job in NXT. Johnny fights for it back in the unsanctioned match. Johnny has Tommaso Ciampa beat in Chicago gets too hot-headed and loses, right? Now you, now to, because of he, that cuz he brought Candice in and made right, it personal. And because of and because of that Champa is now the champion, right? Because mm-hmm. Champa got the title shot because of Johnny in the match, Champa is the NXT champion. I'm telling you now, you're going to have this spiral out of control. I personally think while they can go with Champa putting him out of action, I just think Johnny is going to be written out to walk out and not come back for 6 months. You could do a thing like where I remember uh Punk after Mania 29 he was, basically said he lost it. He well, he was yeah. He like he's just I don't know what to do and just just kind of hugged Heyman and then walked and left. away. You could do that with Johnny. Make don't make it seem like for sure that he's leaving. Kind of make it up in the air. Yep. Like oh, he, where is he? I mean, come back, but we don't know what he's doing. Just well, the last time they did that, CM Punk quit. So <laughs> <laughs> well, Johnny Gargano's in a much better position than Punk. You would think, yes. We, well, we again, we don't know the insides, but plus, I would assume he's okay. Plus, Triple H is running things. Right. But then again, if Punk was in NXT, I don't think Triple H would be very <laughs> happy. That's a good point. Um, but you know, to your point, I mean, I think. Not necessarily saying after Chicago 2017 saying, all right, this is going to be the best rivalry ever. But I said at the time, oh, it could be up there. And even without Champa wrestling one match before New Orleans, mm-hmm. it was already the greatest feud in NXT history. Already. Absolutely. Because Champa, The story was so well. Because Champa, the way he came out in Philadelphia and uh, jumped Johnny, the way he cost him the NXT championship on NXT TV... Um, and then finally in New Orleans, a lot of people don't know this. That was Champa's first match in nine months, pretty much, it, wow. almost a year, pretty much. That was his. I didn't, re- I didn't realize that. That was his first match. I'm pretty sure, or one of his few, but I'm pretty sure because even Triple H said he goes, "You have to give him credit." Came back in a main event scene after being on the shelf for nine months. He didn't miss a beat. It's possible he could have had a match on NXT TV, but I don't think he I don't did. Th- no, I don't think he did. I think he just had a bunch of run-ins with Johnny, and they beat the crap out of each other for three weeks. Um, for like a good number of weeks, he was just coming out on NXT TV. And there were times he didn't say he, a word. No, he didn't say a word. He was just taking in all of the hate and the boos he was getting. And That's the, why he's the, the best Johnny heel. He's the best heel probably of the modern era in the, in all of pro wrestling. Um, 
I'm not going to say of all time. They're obviously – he can get there. Oh, he can. But definitely in probably the last 10, 15 years, this is the best one we've ever seen. Best and one. This version of NXT quite possibly could be the best version of NXT, Arg- arguably. What's really funny about how you say that is I remember back in 2015 when we left the Barclays Center after the first takeover Brooklyn. This is like a homecoming for us in a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were at the first one. We can always say that. Uh, but – you think about it, and it's like, wow, all these guys are going to the main roster. What's NXT going to look like in the next few years, if anything, better? Yeah. Pro- better than it's ever been. You could have been a little worried, but then again, Triple H just... He, he just finding, knows how to elevate he talent. finding all these guys and girls like to if, if you spots. If you told me two years ago that the main event of the biggest NXT TakeOver in history a few years away would be Ciampa Gargano for the NXT Championship, I would have said you're nuts. I would have said they probably are going to split them at some point, but you really think they're both going to be that elevated to main event? I don't even know if Ciampa Gargano were even a part of NXT at that time. No, but- actually they weren't. They were still on Evolve. Or at least Gargano was. They they weren't really in until the Cruiserweight Classic, and then they came into NXT as a tag team once that was done. I think they once made, they were both out of the tournament. They I might say. have been there for a little while, but then again, they weren't getting a whole lot of attention. They really started getting attention when they won the tag belts in Toronto. Uh, around that time, even in Brooklyn when they Brooklyn lost, too, yeah. Brooklyn too when they lost, they they were getting a lot of attention, but like. It was almost like when they main evented Chicago, and it was the first time the tag belts ever main evented of TakeOver, you almost knew something was going to happen. And a lot yeah. of people are like, oh, well, they just rid off Tommaso Ciampa. No, he really hurt himself. He really tore his ACL in that match. Like, yeah. So for, him to, so for him to finish the match and then finish the show how it was planned. With that big moment. Put, put it this way. I could never do that. Like, I can barely walk on two legs, let alone one. So It takes a special breed to be a professional wrestler. Uh, absolutely. So I think, you know, you and I are kind of on the same page with how it ends. Obviously, Gargano has to win the belt in April. That's how the story has it, to It end. has to end that way. It's got, it'll end with the biggest pop in takeover history. Um, but again, I mean, you know, it has to be a special match type. It could be TLC. It could be a ladder match. Uh, it, they could do a New York street fight if they really wanted to. But I think if they want to elevate it as well as they know they can, because Triple H has an act for this, I can't wait for him to take over the company. But I think if you want to make history with this, you end this with Hell in a Cell. It's never been done in NXT before. And you're, you're kind of seeing that, too, because you've seen the Steel Cage. You've seen War Games. We're going to see War Games again in November. Uh, I think they could be going to that point because we kind of talk about that. It's like, you know, they've never done Hell in a Cell yet. They've done Iron Man. They've done Ladder Match. They've done TLC, Steel Cage. When are we going to see Hell in a Cell? This is the perfect opportunity to do it. I think so. Plus, I would just love to hear Mar- Mauro Ronaldo on commentary uh, just go absolutely nuts with some of the spots. Mama Mia! Some of the spots See, the, these guys are doing. He's so over. There are Mama Mia chants in the crowd. I was just uh, thinking about this earlier that possibly one day, if we're lucky, maybe we could have a show where Mauro Ronaldo and Corey Graves are both doing commentary. The, oh, the, the be best, wonderful. The best play-by-play And the best heel commentator and the be- in the business. And the best color commentator right now. Just together would be absolute magic. Every time I think about Corey Graves, I just remember the Braun Strowman tag title match with Nicholas. And he goes, oh, if Nicholas really wants to be a good tag team partner, he would at least trip Sheamus. And <laughs> he had Michael Cole and Byron Saxton dying on commentary. He's like, will you stop it? <laughs> and then he tags him in. Where are this kid's parents? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thing. Um, just NXT as a whole, 
with with Morrow, I, I think the just overall the show has gotten better since he's been doing commentary. Yeah, I agree. I, he adds a, a new element of real to it, where it's like, you know, these guys take falls off ladders. You're supposed to scream, "Oh my God, he died!" Like, yeah, like react. That's, that's the thing is like it's more of his wheelhouse where he kind of had to adjust a lot on SmackDown, even though he did a really great job. He did a phenomenal job. That was probably 2016 was probably SmackDown's best year ever, right? And I think he was a good adjustment to that because even the Cena-Styles matches, he was able to sell his own commentary. You know, when you think about the AA off the top rope at SummerSlam, right, and we were both saying AJ's got to go over in that match because eventually John Cena's going to beat him. It'll probably be for the WWE Championship. But if if we're going to do that, Styles has to win first, right? Styles kicked out of an AA about 15 feet in the air, right? Think about that for a minute. Or I'd say about 10 feet, whatever. It was on the top rope. No one's done that. He kicks out, and his reaction to that is real. It's real. It's almost like he doesn't know what's going to happen. That's why if Gargano and Trump have a hell, like, it doesn't even matter what match it has. Maybe, no, it doesn't. I just, I just if think it, it should be. it is a hell in a cell be. match, like, you know, like the spear through the ropes Gargano does, like, what if he did, a, like, if he, like, spear, because there's no way we're going to see, like, a a spot where one of them falls through the cage well, or gets taken off. The well, closest yeah, thing we saw was Braun doing that to Kevin Owens. That was amazing. But imagine if, like, Gargano, like, spears Ciampa through one of the sides of the Hell in a Cell. Well, that's, there's a chance of that. There's also a chance one of them could take a bump off the top of the cell. You never know. It's true. Now, I don't know if they would go that far in NXT, especially with the way they want to end this. If one of them goes off the top of the cell, number one, the other guy's getting off the table. Number two, the match is pretty much over at that point. You want the end of the match to almost be unexpected. Kind of like Champa goes for a finisher, Gargano escape, whatever, he taps out like you didn't see it coming, right? If somebody jumps off the top of the cell and goes through a table, the match is going to be over in about a minute and a half. Yeah, very true. And you know that. I mean, neither one of these guys are Shane McMahon. Right, and even when (laughs) Shane did it at WrestleMania, I was actually surprised the match lasted about another five minutes. But in Hell in a Cell, the match was over in about another minute because it was false count anywhere. You knew when he went through the table, it was done. Plus the guy's almost 50 years old. He needs to stop doing that in front of his kids. His wife's going to file for divorce soon. (laughs) Imagine it's like, honey, you promise you're not going to jump off anything. I promise. Shane, what are you doing? What are you doing? I saw you just jump up in a helicopter. Well, it was falling. It was falling. I kind of <laughs> had to do that. Uh, but point is, I do think that's the best thing that they should do. So let's wrap up with that. And, of course, we have uh, plenty of other topics that we're going to talk about in the upcoming uh, weeks and months. And as we have this new project going, okay, I'm, this thing keeps going. I'm sure we'll do uh, a takeover preview before we head over, uh, you know, a reaction to takeover when it's over. SummerSlam. SummerSlam as well, you know. When interesting things happen, you know, basically whatever's in the news, we're going to talk about it. So, CJ, thanks for joining me. I'm sure we'll be doing this again very soon. Thanks for having me. So, you guys have been listening to, yes, not another wrestling podcast. If you want to turn us off, fine. I'm glad you actually made it this far. Um, So, again. Thanks for actually wanting to listen. Thanks for wanting to listen in the first place, if you actually did. I don't know if anyone's going to, but we'll see. So, like CJ and I (laughs) mentioned, we have plans with this. Obviously, going forward, there will be a lot more topics for us to bring in uh, from WWE, NXT, New Japan, Ring Ring of of Honor, Honor. anything that's going on, rumors about who's going where. Speculations. Speculations. And, of course, as we get closer and closer to big pay-per-views like SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Mania, you'll be hearing more from us. So you guys have been listening to Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Yes, Not Another Wrestling Podcast. And we'll see you next time.